This is episode 270, Finding Work-Life Balance with Brian. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. As always, thank you so much for listening and to all of you who leave your reviews on iTunes. And hey, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please, please, please do. That helps our ratings. It helps get the show into more people's view when they're searching for a podcast and always helps to share on Instagram and Facebook and all the things about episodes that you really resonate with. And we just have such an amazing community here, and I thank you all. So I'm recording this, actually, the day before the election here in the States. So I have no idea what will be going on in the world when this airs, but I do know it's airing on 11-11, which is a pretty powerful day. And so for all of you that are feeling the intensity of the world, especially here in the U.S., I just want to remind you again to be very, very mindful of what you allow in your mind and your self-care practices. So there are a bunch of narratives going on in the external world. And just remember that you are the official narrator of your mind. You get to choose what you want to believe. You get to choose what thoughts you allow in. Sometimes it's hard to control the first thought that we have but we can be aware of, hey, the thoughts that I'm thinking, this thought that's creating fear in me and anxiety in me or anger in me or judgment in me, I don't want to feel those things. So let me think a different thought. Let me think a thought that brings more compassion, more empathy, more connection, more hope. So it's, it's really, really the time to be mindful of your mind and your thoughts because yes, we're all impacted by what's going on in the world and we are also sovereign beings and we can choose what we want our individual experience to look like. And sometimes it feels like we can't help it because there's so much past and trauma that's activated. So if you feel like you can't get dominion over what's happening inside of you, please, please get some help. And I'm going to be launching my next round of grants if you go to christinehassler.com slash grant, they're the $500 gifts that you can apply towards therapy, coaching, anything for your mental, emotional, spiritual health and well-being. Go apply there. I'm giving away a bunch more the month of November and leading up to the holidays. Um, so make sure that you sign up. So today's show is about work-life balance and so much more. <laughs> and it, it takes us a little bit to unpack this. So I encourage you to listen to the whole episode, especially those of you that resonate with being very logical. You'll really, I think, appreciate Brian in this episode. And I also want to remind you that work-life balance is just a really silly term. There really is no such thing as balance. And I talk about this in the episode as well. So if you're trying to find balance and you just can't, Maybe the problem is you're trying to find balance rather than 
finding ways where your work and your life can be in harmony. And also I never understood work life. Like those are two separate things. Isn't work part of life? So maybe it's just more about creating harmony in our lives. Let's just call it life harmony instead of work-life balance. So as you're listening to this show, consider, do you feel like you need more work-life balance? Do you often feel like you can't get away from your responsibilities? Like if you set some boundaries, if you aren't available or reliable or responsible all the time, then things will fall apart. Do you relate to being the go-to person, maybe in your family, in your work, and oftentimes there's little room for you? Do you get validation for being that go-to person? Do you like being the one that people rely on? Does it make you feel needed? So keep those questions in mind when you listen to my coaching session with Brian. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, which is ShipStation. So... Holiday season is coming, and I know a lot of you are small business owners, a lot of you are shipping products, or a lot of you just have a lot of stuff to ship out. And that can be so time-consuming, going to the post office, filling out all the different forms, making sure things are organized. What if it could be so easy to get orders out quickly, save on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy? Well, that's where ShipStation can really help. So no matter where you're selling, Shopify, Amazon, eBay, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. And ShipStation works with all the major carriers like UPS, FedEx, UPS, even international. You can compare and choose the best shipping solution every time. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same post as discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. And I just think that's awesome because this is really the time of small businesses and entrepreneurs. And I love that ShipStation really, really supports entrepreneurs. In fact, one of my good friends who has a business uses ShipStation, and she said it has saved her so much time, so much energy. She loves her business. It's a more creative business. She's making creative products. And the shipping and the organizing, oh, that would drain her. She hated that logistical part of it. And it sometimes zapped her creativity. So being able to use ShipStation has been a creativity saver for her. And right now, over at and on with it, listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days. That can take you right through the holidays when you use offer code over it. Make sure that your business can meet the demands of this massive online shopping season. Get started at ShipStation today. That's S-H-I-P-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com. Just click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in over it. Again, ShipStation.com, then offer code over it. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. And now on to my coaching session with Brian. Brian, welcome to the show. How can I help? I am looking for some tips on work-life balance. I work, currently work in the tech industry, and uh, even though COVID uh, has kind of slowed down parts of industry, 
Uh, we have not. And so something for the immediate um, you know, solution, uh, but also something for long term, because also travel is uh, part of my job. And so I'm just looking for some some general tips that can help me with achieving a good work-life balance. Well, how do you know that you don't have one? My wife tells me so. <laughs> what does your wife say? Um, she reminds me that the kids miss me when I'm gone or, um, you know, to, to check in, uh, when I'm on the road, uh, oftentimes, uh, being in New York at, um, uh, when it's time bedtime here, it's either I'm pooped for the day or, uh, depending on the time or the length of work, uh, in New York, you know, we might be having dinner at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, which, uh, mm-hmm. kind of interferes with the, the, the bedtime routine here, but I try to make um, myself available as much as I can uh, for for the bedtime routine. Do you like your job? I do. I love it. It's great. You love it. And there's no guilt in this answer, and I'm not going to shame you either way. It just helps me direct the coaching. Do you sometimes enjoy work more than being at home? I think I enjoy being at home. Let me rephrase that. I think I enjoy being away from home as much as I do being at home. Okay. That's a very safe answer. (laughs) (laughs) But but it allows me enough time to get away um, to do what I'm passionate about. And it allows me also to have a family and, and to have deep, meaningful relationships. Yep. I hear you. And I think that's beautiful. But what I'm curious about is, this is sort of your wife's complaint. And I want to know what your question is or what you're struggling with personally. In a, in a working for a company that is worldwide means oftentimes that some of the, sometimes the emails just don't stop. Mm-hmm. People don't work eight to five because it's always eight to five somewhere in the world. And although most of the work is, uh, Based in North America, there are some times that we're relying on our partners globally. And so a lot of other people have hours that aren't consistent with 8 to 5. Mm-hmm. And so emails, if I, I could sit at, the, at my computer from 7 a.m. to probably 7 p.m. and be responding to emails. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's maybe permission to not sit at the computer or not respond mm-hmm not always check my phone. I enjoy having a reputation or at least the, my perceived reputation of no matter what time, I will always respond quick if it's something that needs to be addressed pretty mm-hmm. quick. And so part of that also is double-edged sword that if you're always checking your phone or I mean, I, I have a watch now that tells me when I get an email. And so I find myself doing that a little bit more. Does that reputation matter to you more than the impact you make on your kids? No. Okay. So let's break this down a little bit. And this is a really great question, well, a really conversation. And I, I really, really am committed to hopefully helping you. And what I really hear your wife saying is she misses you. From just talking to you for five minutes, I can tell you have great character and integrity. 
And I think that your family, yeah, they just, they just miss you and they want more of you. But that's, that's the, the problem with being a likable, reliable person. Work wants more of you. Kids want more of you. Wife wants more of you. And what's left for you. And so it feels to me like you have high standards of yourself, high expectations, and have a certain character that you like to live up to. And in a lot of ways, it feels like you're being pulled in a gazillion different directions. Does that land with you? It does. Uh, although I don't, I think I would associate being pulled in multiple directions as having a negative connotation or, or negative feeling. No, it's just, a, it just is. It doesn't have to be negative. Uh, which, which I was saying it, it wasn't, it doesn't feel that way. Right. Right. Um, I think, yeah. It feels like you have a lot of responsibilities. Is that a better way to say it? Yes. Okay. So I want to go back to that permission place because there's something about the work ethic that you've set up that has left you with little boundaries. And when it comes to work-life balance, let me just speak to that for a second. So work-life balance, I think balance is the wrong word. I need to come up with a better one. It's, it, I would maybe call it work-life harmony or something like that. Because when we think of balance, we think of things being equal or balanced out. Like there's a scale and you want both sides of the scale to be even. But really that work-life balance or harmony is, you know, you're, you're probably going to spend more hours at work than at home or with yourself on your own self-care, which we'll talk to in a moment. But you want to make sure that those, the time you do spend at home, the time you do spend on yourself is, is of heavy weight. So let's just imagine like we had a seesaw and we were trying to balance it out. You could stack a ton of books on one side and one elephant on the other. And it would, it would maybe eventually even out the more books you stacked. So with work, you have to put in more hours. You have to stack more books, but there's things you can do at home and in your personal life that are an elephant. They're just, they're big things that make a big difference, but don't take up a lot of time. Does that make sense? Yeah. But first we got to kind of get to this permission not to be constantly available. So that's coming from somewhere. That's coming from a misunderstanding or an expectation or a belief you have in terms of if I'm not constantly available, then fill in the blank. The world will fall apart. Okay. And the world will fall apart because? Potentially decisions would be made without my input or redirecting those questions to the appropriate person responsible for answering them. Okay. So let's just backtrack a little bit because you weren't born this way. (laughs) 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 Tell me a little bit about growing up and responsibilities you had as a kid. Oh, let's see. Um, I have vivid memories of washing dishes with my dad, feeding the animals, I mean, we only had one dog and a turtle for a short time, but uh, that didn't go very well. Um, what else? Cleaning my room, things like that. Yeah, your, your typical um, childhood responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So where do you think you um, develop this kind of, if I'm not in control of everything and reachable all the time and reliable, then the world, world's going to fall apart. Where do you think you develop this? It, it's basically a control pattern. And there's no wrong answers. We can explore it together. Yeah, I think I enjoy being helpful and being able to provide people with what they need to be successful. And my vision of that is if I'm not available right away, 
you know, it could negatively impact somebody else's project or not getting them the right information in a quick turnaround time. Mm -hmm. And what are some things you feel insecure about in your life or things you have felt insecure about in the past? Not being reliable for friends or family um, and even into my professional life, uh, being able to provide, you know, be a good friend or a good resource for people at work. Mm -hmm. And so not Mm -hmm. doing that well. Mm -hmm. And where does that come from? When did you have an experience where you weren't reliable and things didn't go very well or you were over-reliable and you were validated for it? Because again, these patterns, they develop. And they become we, they become who we think we are, but we're really not. So what I'm trying to get to, to to help you break out of this is the core of why there's a belief. Because you and I both know if we just put our like rational critical thinking hats on that if you're not reachable, the world isn't going to fall apart. Like things are really going to be okay. We None of us are that important no matter what we're doing. But there's a part of you that believes that and so just strive so hard not only to do your job well, but to consistently be available, which means there's no, there's no healthy boundaries. And I think that's what your wife is feeling. And that long term is going to lead to issues in your marriage, issues with your kids, because they're going to sometimes feel that work or your phone or your computer has your attention more than they do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So in order to be able to shift things, we don't always have to know why, but it's very helpful, especially for someone like you, because I imagine if you're in the tech world, you're a pretty logical guy. So I'm trying to connect some of the dots for you logically about why this way of being developed in the first place. Does anything come to mind? A lot of affirmations on being the go-to person, I think is probably where it came from. And an expectation in my former role uh, in my former job that I was the go-to person. And that kind of turned into, you know, a pride I had about being that person and something I still carry with me with my new role and leading a team of being that go-to person for the team or being that go-to for our other teams that we work with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more along the positive reinforcement more so than yeah. I wasn't that person and things themselves. Okay. And that, that can create it as well. It's sort of like the kid who is consistently positively validated for their success in school just becomes incredibly driven and always looking to an accomplishment because they think that's how they get their self-worth. And let me just ask you one more, probably a lot more questions, but <laughs> another question of, <laughs> Back in high school and growing up, like in your social days, what were you known for? You know, like a lot of guys are known as being the athletic guy or the popular guy or the smart guy or the funny guy. Was there anything that you were known for? Did you feel more like you kind of blended in? Um, I enjoyed being behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and uh, making events work or making uh, whatever it was we were working on making sure that kind of like the logistics person, what would it take to make this run? So whether it was um, in baseball as the manager or in theater as the tech person or um, ASB helping out run the rally, Mm -hmm. um, I was always more in that uh, operations 
type role. Okay. So this is key. And that, that very much is, is who you are. We all have different roles. Like, and we need people like you that are the behind the scenes, logistics, the manager, making things work. You know, I, I couldn't do what I do without those people on my team. And we all have egos and we all need validation. So whereas someone who is the performer in the play versus the manager or the, the athlete on the team versus the manager, that, that athlete or performer, they get the validation from the audience, from being seen. Someone in your role more gets the validation and affirmation for, again, being that reliable go-to person. We all have egos and we all need that bit of validation. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So a little bit from my point of view, Brian, of this not having work-life balance and not really having boundaries and being a little attached to being reliable all the time is because that's where you're getting your sense of pride and your sense of validation and your sense of meaning from. Does that make sense? Yes. So, and that's so human and so common. We all externally reference that until we learn how to internally reference it. And when we're so busy being the one that other people can count on, we tend to not put ourselves first. So let me ask you this. How is your relationship with yourself? How is your self-talk? How is your self-care? I think I have a good relationship with myself in in the sense of my confidence or my abilities. Um, Well, confidence and abilities. It's dependent on things. True. And I I guess if I was to take a, a look at it as much as I can from the outside looking in, that I don't feel as though I'm trying to prove anything by my action. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I don't feel you are too either. However, every human has an ego and every human will do things to feel needed and to feel important. And we tend to outsource that until we really insource it. And it's harder to set boundaries. So since we all need that, okay, we're all human. We all have egos. We all need to feel like we matter. It's an important human need. And since you're getting that from being the go-to guy, it's harder to set boundaries because the part of you that needs that validation is like, whoa, 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 but where are we going to get our sense of worth? If we're not the go-to guy, where are we going to get our sense of worth and where are we going to, cause, cause your sense of worthiness kind of is coming from being able to hold everything together. When we feel like people rely on us, we feel important. And this isn't just you, Brian, this is superhuman. And it's also very common among men. Every human needs to feel purposeful, but men especially need to feel like they matter, like they have a purpose. And in so many ways, you've kind of linked your purpose into being the go-to guy. And maybe you're at a point in your life where you it, some self-reflection is necessary, where your purpose needs to expand a little bit so that you're not so much the go-to guy because that keeps you in a place where your wife basically is saying you need a work-life balance. So something needs to shift. And I love that you're willing and that you called in and that we're having this conversation. But can you see how if your purpose is to be that go-to guy and be reliable and keep things all together and have things relying on you all the time, then that creates a dynamic where 
there's not boundaries and you keep having to up the ante, keep needing to have more responsibility and more responsibility because that's what's giving you a sense of purpose. Is this making sense? It does. Okay. So I have a few suggestions for you. The first one is I want you to pay attention to how you speak to yourself because I get that you can be proud of yourself when you have an accomplishment, you have confidence in your abilities. I get that you're a logical guy. You're great at connecting the dots. It's probably why one of the many reasons why you're so successful in the industry that you're in. And I want you to look and observe and listen a little bit more about what your self-talk is like. If you're actually kind to yourself, if you actually are compassionate with yourself, if you're actually acknowledging yourself, not just for accomplishments, but just for being who you are, like acknowledging yourself for your courage to come on and talk about this on the air. That's a really big deal. Acknowledging yourself for things that don't necessarily have to do with results, but have to do more with vulnerability, connection, authenticity, and just just who you are independent about upon what you do. But I have a feeling if you start paying attention to the self-talk, you might find a voice in there that's pretty critical and pretty hard on you and keeps you in this, Brian, you got to keep it going. You got to answer that email because if you don't, the world's going to fall apart. Like there's that kind of voice going on inside of you. Can you relate to that? A little bit. I I think I can acknowledge that obviously the world's not going to fall apart and receiving an email the next morning is, is is not going to negatively impact most things, like 90, 95% of things. Right. Right. But just telling yourself that I'm guessing will only get you so far where the Again, we don't change a pattern unless we get what we're getting from it in a different way. And you have a pattern, from my point of view, of being this go-to guy, having people rely on you, that gives you a sense of purpose and meaning and control. And unless you find other ways to get that, it's going to be hard to let go of being the go-to guy. Does that make sense? It does. So... What that could look like is, again, listening to that internal talk, finding ways to speak kinder and gentler to yourself, and then putting things in place that are more like the elephant, you know, the things that don't necessarily take a ton of time, but create massive results. For example, this might be too drastic, but in an ideal world, an example would be letting your team know and anyone that works for you, these are the hours that you check email. Like having an automatic responder that comes on at 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. or something like that. I check emails between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., whatever time zone you're in, I'll respond to you as soon as I can. And then really putting the phone, the emails, and everything away. That would be a massive elephant. Would that be something you'd be willing to do? Yes, I'd be willing to, to try that. Okay. That's huge. That's a really big step. And it's going to be hard because in a way it's kind of an addiction and you're going to, there's going to be a part of you that's like, but wait, like, is everything okay? I may need to check it because there's an identity and a sense of purpose wrapped up in always being available. So just know it could be a little jittery at first. However, 
I think over time you'll see that one, the world didn't fall apart. Two, people will respect you more with boundaries. And three, it will make a big difference to your wife and kids because you'll be more present with them. Is putting the caveat on there that if, if, you know, on the out of the office message that, you know, if this is an emergency or you need to contact me now, text me. That's playing it safe. And people will abuse that because you've trained people to be able to reach you anytime. And what they think is an emergency and what's actually an emergency probably are two different things. And I bet there are other people on your team that work at different hours that you could say, if this, if you need to reach someone sooner, email, you know, Susan at blah, 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 blah. It's another time zone. And just know in the 12 hours that you're offline or whatever it is, probably it's going to be okay. And it will empower the people that work under you and work with you to start to put out their own fires. Because again, if, if there's a conditioning in the workplace dynamic and culture that you're the fix-it guy, people won't problem solve. They'll just email you and have you fix it. And so it's really empowering the people that work with you and for you as well. You got that? And that plays into succession planning as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I know, again, like I know that there's a, a big hook into this identity of being reliable, being the go-to guy, being the problem solver. And there's great payoffs to that. And it's also important we look at the costs, which your wife is bringing up. And I have a feeling that the impact this has on your family on your overall health and well-being, on your sleep will be huge. It'll be tricky at first because this is so much of an identity <laughs> of who you are. Right. <laughs> so it's like anytime we set boundaries with work or family or whatever, there's a growth period. It's sort of like, I don't know if you've ever done a detox, but you feel kind of shitty until you feel better because all the toxic stuff is coming out. And there's, there's a transition period in that. But if you can hold to it and not cave, then it's going to make a big difference for your family. And you're going to start to realize that maybe your purpose is evolving from being this go-to guy that fixes everything to someone that really empowers and trains other people as well and is more of a leader than the go-to guy. Would you like to evolve to more of a leader than the go-to reliable guy? Yes. And help others be the go-to people. Yep. Well, this is a big step in that. A big, big step. Can you see that? Yes. The other part, Brian, that I think would be good for you because you have years of sitting in front of computer screens (laughs) and (laughs) it would be great for your brain to do some simple breath work or meditation in the morning It would be great for you to put things into place like cold showers, things that just, again, the elephants that that don't take up a lot of time, but go a long way. Are you familiar with box breathing? No. So it's very, very simple. You could set a timer for five minutes. You inhale for the count of four. You hold the inhale for the count of four. You exhale for the count of four. You hold the exhale for the count of four, like a little, like a square, like a box. And you just keep going Mm -hmm. around like that. Start with three minutes, if whatever, but just that coming back into your own body because you've been very outward focused, you know, email, text, this and that, like wife, kids, 
just so much external stimulation and for your overall well-being. And again, that work-life balance, you want to put just something into place that starts to bring you inside yourself rather than being so externally oriented. Could you do something like that? I could. And I just want to find the time in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, I could definitely do it before emails. All I'm asking is five minutes, five minutes for you. Your life is so much about other people, making sure wife's okay, kids okay, employees okay, customers okay. You know, as soon as you open your email or open your bedroom door, it becomes not about Brian and it becomes about everybody else in the world. And you've got to make some time for Brian. And I'm not asking for much, five minutes sitting. Five minutes. Yep. Box breathing, just focusing on your breath, letting the thoughts wander in and out. You know, the practice of meditation is not having no thoughts. It's just being aware of the thoughts and not being attached to them. Five minutes of that and like have putting that autoresponder on your email and really, truly holding that boundary and starting to become more present to your family, to yourself, and tell yourself that you're transitioning from an identity of the go-to guy to a true leader. How does Thank that, you. how does that feel? It feels a bit daunting. Um, but I, I know that it'll have, you know, exponential long-term you know, positive results. Yes, it will. I know it feels daunting because this is like who you've been for so long. You know, I remember, and this is just for relatability. I know this isn't the best comparison, but when I first got married, (laughs) my husband's very masculine and I was very much in my masculine energy in a lot of ways because I was running a business and I was living on my own and it was kind of adaptive. Like I had to just handle everything and lead things and make decisions and drive things and you know, he moved here and he kind of moved into my life. And I kept that, mm-hmm. that kind of driven energy going. And he's just like, this isn't going to work. There can't be two men in this relationship. <laughs> like, I, I need you to <laughs> be in your feminine. And it was very hard because my whole identity, not my whole identity, but a big part of my identity was wrapped up and I can handle things. I get things done. I can make it on my own. And I had to learn how to be in partnership and how to not be dependent, but interdependent with another person and how not to lead everything. And even though it was a tough transition and I was scared that I was going to lose my drive and lose my business and lose my sense of who I am, when I finally made the transition, it was like, oh my gosh, this feels so much better because the other was more compensatory and it wasn't sustainable was burning me out in a lot of ways. So I know from personal experience that making a change in how we do things and how we see ourselves can be daunting. But what's more daunting is to think 20 years from now, not having a great relationship with your wife, possibly even being divorced and not having a great relationship with your kids and being so still stressed out because you've spent your life responding to emails. Doesn't that feel a little more daunting? It does. A lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So are you willing to just make those two small but big elephant-sized suggestions? That will go a long way. Yeah. And know that who you are is so much more than the go-to guy. So much more than that. I look forward to 
uh, <laughs> to meeting that version of, of me in my home. Mm. You can do it. I believe in you. Thank you. So thank you so much, Brian, for hanging in there with me. I know all my questions could have been a little annoying. and I was digging for stuff that you were like, no, no, you're not digging in the right direction. So thank you for being willing to hang with me in this. What we really got to in this episode is that Brian has a certain identification with being the go-to guy. And authentically, he is that guy that likes to make things work. That logistic guy, that supporter guy, that manager guy, that behind the scenes. And that is awesome. We need those people. And I was in no way, shape, or form trying to take that away from him or tell him he's like that because of his issues. What I was getting at is the over-identification with being the go-to guy was creating some pretty big costs in his life. So with any pattern that we're involved in, there's costs and payoffs. The payoff for Brian is that gave him a sense of purpose. It gave him a sense of identity. It gave him a sense of being that important guy that people could rely on. But the cost is no time for himself. His wife is saying he doesn't have work-life balance. And he's caught in these two worlds of wanting to be husband and a father, but also being attached to his phone and his email and feeling like things are going to fall apart. The world's going to end if he's not available. That's a pretty big cost. And so all of us, every human has an ego. Yes, you have an ego. And the ego isn't bad. The ego gets a very bad rap in the personal development space. And it's not bad. Every human needs to feel like we matter. Every human needs to feel like we're important. I mean, maybe if you reach a state of consciousness and enlightenment where you're just sort of in this place where you have no attachment to anything in this world, maybe then you don't care about whether or not you matter. But most of us are not at that point. So let's just accept that and realize that it's important for us to feel like we're needed in some way, to feel like we're making a difference. And for Brian being in this supporter role, how he got his validation, attention was being needed. And any insecurity he may have, he can compensate for by being needed. It was job security, made people like him. We all come up with ways to create safety and security in our life. So it's a really big deal for him to let go of that because, whoa, if I'm not the go-to guy, am I still likable? Am I still needed? What will happen to me? However, if he remains that way, then there's a big risk to his own well-being and to his marriage and to his children because he's not present. There's no boundaries. And it creates a situation where he's not empowering other people. It's sort of like you can either teach a man to fish or you can fish for him and give him the fish or a woman. Point is, what I really felt called to help Brian see is that this identity of being the go-to guy was fulfilling a need to feel like he mattered, to feel like he has purpose. And purpose is important for all of us. And he's at a stage now where that purpose is evolving. And instead of being the go-to guy, it's more transitioning into that leadership role. 
And I didn't feel like he was trying to prove himself by being the go-to guy, but I did sense that it was giving him an identity and that maybe he's afraid to really find out who he is other than being the go-to guy. But if he remains that go-to guy, then the ante keeps upping in terms of his level of responsibility and he will never feel free from his computer and his emails and his texts. And that creates more issues down the road, both for his health and well-being and for his family. So my encouragement to him was just two super simple things, two elephant moves. (laughs) Remember, there's no work-life balance. It's about putting your life in more harmony by doing things that balance out the huge time suckers. So for a lot of you, you work a lot or you are with your kids a lot, you know, what are you doing to balance that out? What is the elephant? Is it certain boundaries that you have? Is it a self-care practice? It could only be five or 10 minutes. Little things go a long way. Is it your once a week therapy session? What are the elephants that balance out all the books, you know, the things that are more time consuming? So for Brian, the biggest thing was that autoresponder on his email. And you heard even in doing that, he wanted an out. He wanted to put on there. But if it really is an emergency, text me. But if he does that, he's just going to get texts all the time because he's trained his people to be reliant on him. So I'm like, go big or go home, Brian, and anybody listening. Put the autoresponder on. It's going to feel weird for a little bit because it's a pattern. And it's what you've conditioned yourself and what you've conditioned everybody else in. But if you want to up-level yourself and the people in your life, then you got to break free of the pattern with a pretty significant boundary. So that was one. And the other one was just simple, box breathing. I wanted to give him something that was internally referenced. And box breathing is a super, super easy one. So some takeaways for you. I really want you to think about what you're doing that's given you a sense of identity and purpose and what that's costing you. And is it time to evolve out of the people pleaser, the go-to person, the nice guy, the reliable one, whatever it may be, and set some boundaries so you can really evolve into the next chapter of what your purpose looks like? Is it to be more of a leader? Is it to empower other people? Is it to have more time for yourself? You know, a lot of these identities have some huge costs associated with them. So think about that. Next, think about what boundaries you need to put in place so that you break some patterns and just expect it to ruffle some feathers and it not to be easy at first. However, the long-term effects of setting boundaries are beautiful. So keep that in mind. And finally, what are the elephants you can set up the simple, the simple, not too time consuming thing that weigh a lot, that make a big, big difference. You know, just for me, my breath work in the morning, huge, takes seven minutes, but makes a massive difference in my health, in my mood, in my vitality, just my little breath work followed by my eight minute meditation, 15 minutes, sometimes I go a little longer if I want to do a Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation, but most of the time, 15 minutes, it's an elephant. Taking a bath at night, 20 minutes, elephant. Turning my phone off at 8 p.m. Simple, big difference. So what are the elephants? What are the big things that don't have to take a lot of time? You don't have to stack gazillion books. (laughs) You just need to pick those few things that make a big difference. 
you can do it. All right, everybody. That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.